Welcome to this latest edition of the Real Bill Podcast, The Wire Remixed Season 1, Episode 12, Cleaning Up. Uh, as always, I'm joined by one Robert Sapp. Yo, how you doing? Good, good, good. Can, I cannot complain. Um, before we get started, I just want to let the audience know that uh, we are definitely aware of you know what's going on uh in the world today i don't want to make it seem like we're by any stretch ignoring that or not <clears throat> giving it is just attention we hope to you know, kind of take your mind off it for you know next hour or so to discuss you know for a little entertainment but definitely well aware and cognizant of uh what's going on so i implore everybody out there to take care of yourself mentally as well as physically um this episode uh, is was a uh, <laughs> one of my top seven, eight episodes of all time. Um, Vulture ranked it eleventh all time, directed by oh, wow. Vulture, the uh, magazine Vulture online magazine, ranked it eleventh all time, uh, directed by Clement Virgo. Um, you know, a lot of these shows, in terms of our favorite shows, this is the episode that norm that a lot of times is the is the most powerful and the best episode of the season, the second to last. You can look at Sopranos, Breaking Bad, if you're a fan of Mad Men, and The Wire is no different. Um, a lot of times, this second to last episode was the one that felt kind of like a finale. But you know, kind of like a finale, and, and definitely had the most some of the most hard hitting material. This episode was no different. Um, opening scene: you have Daniels and McNulty in the hospital. Um, McNulty is still somewhat in a still somewhat feeling guilty uh, or feeling sorry for himself, and he at this point has yet to visit uh, Greg's in the hospital in the hospital go to as yet to visit her in the, her room so daniel's basically like look you go you can go visit her or work the case or continue to work the case the bottom line is this case is going to go on with or without you mcnulty you know basically wants to give this plea uh it was never about avon barstow it was always about me and my you know it was always about me and me proving myself in terms of being the, you know, the smartest guy in the room and shit like that daniel's like no shit. Uh, we all we all knew that from the <laughs> from the start. But the bottom line is we have a we have a we got we got that good police with a tube with a tube in her nose, a tube in her throat in her nose, and whoever you know, Daniels is all in. Daniels is at this point he is all in, and we'll find out that of course this episode how much Dan of how committed Daniels is. It was a big episode for Daniels. So Daniels basically is like, look. Just, just work the case or or keep it moving basically like it's you know he's not trying to hear any McNulty shit uh whatsoever and you have that going on uh with that particular scene uh what were your thoughts yeah i mean like like to just piggyback off of what you said about the the um penultimate episode being being some of the best um this like the a reason why I think that is, particularly for really good shows, is because this is the time where all the payoffs start to happen, right? And so we've been talking about 
McNulty this entire season and his motives for doing why the things that he's doing and like our thoughts and our uh opinions on on all of that while what i really appreciated about the scene is that they named everything that we were talking about he named the character named it for himself um and so uh that's that's the sign of good writing and a lot of good stuff is that um is that uh all the moments feel earned and so even though McNulty is like in the midst of self pity, uh, you know, he's throwing himself a pity party. Um, we get why he's doing the things that he's doing and we get why he's feeling this type of way because they built up and led up to this moment, the entire series. Yeah, no question, no question about it. I also think that shows, uh, the great shows, you know, when they, they'll use a finale to kind of lead you into the next season. So there's a tricky spot with the finale because they're trying to like, if they have enough, if they have a season coming up, especially at the beginning of, you know, this series, this is season one. So if they have another season coming up, they want to give you some stuff in the final episode that leads you that leads you into season two. That that and some of that setup stuff. Some so they're they're already beginning some of the setup for the uh for the, not set yeah they're already beginning to lay some of those seeds for next for the following season. So yeah, um, no question that uh, to your point about McNulty and uh, about McNulty and Daniels. Um, you also you have uh, D'Angelo, Bodie, Pooh, and Stringer. So they're down the pit. And you have Stringer come down there and collect all the pages, uh, collect all the pages. You have him dismiss Pooh, basically tell him, you know, get the fuck out of here. Um, he gives Stringer, Stringer gives Bodie and uh, D'Angelo cell phones, gives them numbers, um, lets Bodie know, excuse me, let's, no, let's D'Angelo know why that there's no drugs that, the, you know, of course the, the main stash has been hit by the cops and, you know, says, you know, basically says it in a kind of like, he kind of said it in an arrogant way. Like he kind of said it in a way that was demeaning to D'Angelo. Like, why the fuck you think we're, we're switching up? Kind of was like annoyed with D'Angelo uh, for even kind of asking that question. That's, that's the kind of vibe that I got. So he gets, um, he gives them new directions, gives them uh, new, gives them cell phones, and you know basically says, hey, remember those, remember these numbers for muscle, for re-up, uh, for others, for the, I forgot what the third thing was. Um, it was muscle re-up and something else, or yeah, muscle re-up and kind of get in contact with Stringer uh, or with him directly. He says, remember the numbers, remember those, and get rid of them. They're strictly for business, not for your, any anything but business um so you have Bodie clearly has the eye of stringer the fact that he got a cell phone um that that kind of jumped out to me about that scene also his kind of to me is kind of like uh his annoyance with uh D'Angelo what were your thoughts um this is it yeah so the 
it's it's the scene itself is talking about just kind of like the like how the group like switches up and like everything like that um but uh to your to your point the the main part of this the main part of the scene the reason why this scene exists is to show what is going on energy wise between stringer and um d'angelo um and that uh it'll it'll play itself out of course uh in in a couple scenes uh after this but um but it, again, the, the, we're talking about the penultimate episode. We're talking about episode twelve. This is where all the payoffs happen um, for for the entire season. And so Stringer hasn't been filling him, filling uh, D'Angelo for the entire for as long as we've known Stringer and D'Angelo up until this point. And so this is another indication of um, how big a rift there is between the two of them, and also a a uh you know uh not a data boy but uh, basically just showing you that Bodie is moving up in the ranks by getting the cell phone yeah we could talk about this a little bit later yeah we can um, but but what i will say is uh what has been so very clear to me this this season and watching it this time around is uh stringers 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 using stringers making a lot of different plays for the number one spot. And one of those plays is he's straight up using Bodie. He's used Bodie this entire season. Yeah. 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 No, no question about it. Um, Freeman, Chardine, McNulty, they introduce, uh, they have Chardine with inside the detail. She gets new contact lenses. Um, you also see, I guess you want to call it somewhat flirtation with Freeman and Charlene. He um, gets her some coffee and what have you. Basically, bum guard. He basically Brody's uh, <laughs> signer. He says, "You know, I got it." You know, knows how how she likes the coffee, and uh, basically says to her, um, "With McNulty present, you know, the time will come when she is ready to step up." Uh, to step up, and of course, that that sets up some uh, a myriad of things um, down uh, down the road. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah, this is a setup scene. This is just setting up for things that are going to happen. Avon Levy and Stringer meet at the club, uh, which is, of course is, is is closed down as of now. Is bound. They have to shut it down. Um, they're discussing loose ends. This meeting was dictated basically by Levy. Uh, this gives you some insight on how much Levy was a part of their organization and really how cold-blooded he was. He basically says, you need to cut ties with anything that can hurt you. Um, they mentioned names. They mentioned everybody's name with the exception of Wallace, but we know we know Wallace is on the chopping block, but they, they don't. They leave his name out. They mentioned Lakeisha Lyles. They talk about, they talk about people that they've already taken care of, uh, little man. Course has already been uh has already been taken care of from by uh WeeBay. Um and they're just kind of trying to figure trying to figure out things uh moving forward. Uh Avon is annoyed at the beginning of the scene. It kind of stood out to me watching it this time around. He says something Stringer says um something what's real, 
something to that extent. Avon said, all this shit is real. So I, I don't like I, you know, he Avon is in not panic mode, but he, you know, he Avon's seen what's coming down the pike. Like Avon, he knows, you know, he knows how much they're on to him. And he knows that, you know, he's feeling the feeling the heat. So he basically says, hey, the artist is real. And then they go about the conversation of, of who they're gonna uh who they're gonna get rid of. Yeah, so I'm going I'm to jump on something that you just said right there. When you were like, with Wallace, it was like, uh, um, you, like they, didn't, they didn't talk about Wallace um, on, the, on the hit list. And it seems minor, but it's not at all because like this, this will get into like my central thesis on, on Stringer. Um, and so, so the, the, the biggest play that Stringer made was this, I mean, in this, ty- in this entire season is he's dividing the youngins or the, putting, not, not even putting a wedge. He's, he's sectioning off a group of people who are going to follow him and him only. Um, and so uh, Bodie's number one on that list, of course. Um, and then so um, the reason why they don't discuss Wallace on the hit list is because Avon doesn't care about Wallace. He don't have no thoughts about Wallace. Wallace is not somebody that's in his, in his purview at all, like zero. Like Avon, you've never heard Avon talk about Wallace. Avon doesn't care about Wallace or anything like that. And Stringer doesn't care about Wallace in the way that, we, that it might be presumed that he might be a snitch. Stringer, Stringer wants to tie Bodie to him. And um, if you think about it in the old mafioso kind of like terms, like the way that you get yourself in place to be made is that you make your bones and that you kill somebody first. So anyway, there, but there's a tie into that. There's a reason why the mafia does that. And it's so that, you know, you're, you're on, you have killed for them. Therefore you have a murder charge right over your head. Like you're 10 toes in. Um, and so that's what Stringer is manipulating right now is how to get Bodie um, as, as a, as someone who is, who, who'll be, who'll be linked to him. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Stringer wants to hit on Wallace and he wants to hit on Wallace for Bodie. Yes. No question. No question about it. Um, Pharrell Daniels. So, and also there was another, uh, I think the major read was in there as well. So this is the first of three meetings with Burrell and Daniels um, over the course of the episode. In this one, you have Daniels, they're talking about the case and Daniel and Burrell basically wants Daniels, you know, wants him of course to wrap it up uh, says that he doesn't need as much as many as uh, he doesn't need the man the, the, the amount of manpower uh, right now uh, moving forward. So he decides um, which guys go back and which guys he keeps. Now Daniels plays this beautifully, as in compare in comparisons to say a McNulty in previous episodes. He absolutely basically keeps his mouth shut uh, for the most part. 
And in that, he keeps the, the, he keeps the, the personnel, the exact personnel that he wanted to keep. He wanted to keep Prez. He wanted to keep Freeman. And kind of gives, kind of gives, he kind of gives a wry smile at the end of that scene. I thought it was brilliant by Daniels. It's a lesson in life. Sometimes silence, a lot of times silence is power. Shut the fuck up and just observe and, and just take in what you're receiving. Um, and Daniels gets, Daniels wins round one against uh, Burrell. What are your thoughts? Yep, and then so everything you said, and then like I'll add, I'll add my two cents. Um, this is, I think, like the structure of this scene and the scenes that are going to come after them. Like you said, this is one of many conversations. Is also a intro into this is a this is now they're beginning the big time introduction of politics into all of this. So this is this is this is step one of the big time introduction in this episode. No question about it. Um, perfect segue, because uh, you have next, you have Perlman in the state's attorney's office, state's attorney Demper, and she's, he's, she's thrown off guard because he's asking her why are campaign funds being investigated? She has no idea that this is going on. Um, she's thrown for a loop. Uh, they basically say, well, Deborah basically says, hey, he's, and it was another gentleman in the room with, with them uh, as well. I don't think his character was named, but basically, basically tell, tell, they tell Perlman, hey, we're good, we're clean, you know, you can check it, you can, we, we are reassuring you that we're, you know, run, we're doing things on the up and up. But uh, the big part of this, again, this is pushing that po- the, the political aspect, the campaign, the front, the, the box of money, that whole that whole, that whole uh, that gets pushed a lot in this uh, particular episode, um, but Perlman is 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 just thrown off by this. Um, just doesn't know. They almost didn't even know how to respond to this uh, to this uh, questioning by uh, the state's attorney. And remember, with Perlman, Perlman walks on eggshells with her spirits because Perlman has is very ambitious. She wants to move up in the world. So did so her anxiety in terms of you know, you saw it last episode with Levy. Levy is a despite how crooked he is, he is a powerful, he is a powerful figure in that world. So Perlman didn't want to piss him off. So this is even double, you can even she she even has more reverence for this for the state's attorney. Uh so she doesn't want to piss him off. So Perlman's kind of, you know, like I said, it was thrown off by the questioning. What were your thoughts? Yeah, this is this is another this is this is another of course they're 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 building to this and so like this is another building block in that. Um, more importantly, as we'll find out, is that they traced the whatever the illicit money and gave it back, which which is which is a big which is a big deal um, in terms of like why somebody would do that, which kind of lets let the viewers know that this whole be on the money thing is real uh, in terms of not only just like who gets captured into it, but the consequences of it. Um, and so I think all permanent is reacting to the very real consequences of, uh, of pulling all of these, these records. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, and it's a, it's a road that she does not want to go down. Let's make that clear. Well, I mean, it, wanting to go down, see, where I, I love that we start this episode off. And I mean, like, it's, it's, it's of course, 1,000% intentional with McNulty admitting all of his faults. Because our, our, our uh, I, as the viewer, have shaped by McNulty's opinions of people um and so the, the fact of the matter she didn't know she didn't know any of this so she is blindsided regardless of if she would want to do it or not if they had a conversation the fact is they never had a conversation about this and there there was no process of proceeding nobody likes to be blindsided with like this is what happened why is like why are y'all doing this like wait hold on i didn't have i didn't have any knowledge of this at all so I, I, I say that to say life is like that. McNulty's the one who's running around like a bull in a china shop, trashing everything down. Everybody else is operating normally. Like you don't just go in and start shouting things to your bosses. Like that's not a thing that happens. Um, you don't go behind people's back and try to, you know, cut them out at the knees over their, over their heads, different, different people and everything like that. Not if you'd be successful at at your career mcnulty de defines success very weirdly <laughs> and so that's that's how we're defining success with him but everybody else is playing by the real world rules and how you work through a bunch of different things um and so uh i have a little bit more to say on it in the daniel situation but the part where everybody I think the viewers, me, you, the characters, everybody's on the same page right now, is that McNulty's way is not the right way. Even McNulty knows this now and says that very loudly and clearly at the beginning of this episode. That's not to take the onus off of the other characters, but just running around shouting and yelling and trying to get other people on your side just because you want to be right is not the right way either. No. Um, yeah, D'Angelo, Avon, Stringer, uh, they, he meets, uh, D'Angelo meets Avon Stringer at the club in Avon's office. They ask him about Wallace and where his whereabouts. D'Angelo um, tells them, you know, hey, just, you know, leave him. D'Angelo asks them, I should say, not demands, basically says, you know, he's out the game. Uh, and then, you know, he's he's okay, he's out the game, leave him be. And he could sense that they I I don't know if he believed at that point that they were gonna kill him. He definitely, okay. he definitely believed. But he's he, he he knew what that he knew what that entire conversation was about. Yeah, he got that sense. Well, I, I'm glad you bring that up because I, I have some questions about that later on in terms of how his handling this handling of Wallace. So I'm put a put a bookmark next to that to your to that comment. Um so he gets that energy that they want him going, that they want uh Wallace going and uh you know Avon in this scene is not uh we know that I mean we know Stringer wants Wallace going, but Avon is all about at this point self preservation and mm. Okay, sorry. <laughs> keep going. 
Keep going. Avon's clearly all about self-preservation. Like you said, he didn't know who Wallace was, but if Wallace Wallace poses any type of threat, then he has to go. So so Avon's about self-preservation at this point. Also, Avon in this scene is not an uncle to D'Angelo. It was, he was very matter of fact, he was basically, um, he uh, told D'Angelo, or he said, the man asked you a question. So we saw scenes in the past, in fact, past episodes, early in the season, you know, you had that, that love and that family with, with him and D'Angelo. And even when D'Angelo would fuck up, Avon would be like, look, look you know, you're still family. That was not the case in this scene at all. Like that was, this was like, yo, this, we gotta, you gotta find this dude, get rid of him so I won't end up in jail. That was the entire, that was Avon's energy throughout the course of this scene. Yeah, me and you see this scene completely differently. We just, we just completely see it fundamentally differently. I think Avon was very much an uncle in that scene. Very much an uncle. And I think the way that that scene ends tells you that he's very much an uncle in that scene. Again, Stringer's the one who's pushing this. He's the one who's pushing this by none. Now, he realizes and knows that since Avon's in self-preservation mode, the, the only one who can bring this up to D'Angelo in this way is Avon. So Stringer had to tell Avon about Wallace in order to get Avon even remotely interested in Wallace. And the reason why Stringer, I mean, Avon is like, the man asked you a question is because it's, it's, this is Stringer's deal. This is Stringer's deal in terms of, uh, in terms of like a, a loose end because we know this by the end of the episode, they say it very clearly why Stringer didn't go to jail. Come on now, we got to connect all these dots, right? So, yeah. um, so, so the, that's where the, the re, like, if you watch that entire scene, D'Angelo doesn't even address Stringer. This isn't about Stringer because left up to Stringer, Wallace is dead. He knows that. Right. So that's why he says to Avon, let him be. Avon just let him be and then he gets up and walks out. Only family in that type of environment could do that. None of the other people could tell Avon, leave it be, and then just stand up and walk out. So that's, he's very much an uncle in, that, this, in this scene. That's a, I, I, I totally understand that. Now, I totally understand where you're coming from with that. I, mean, I don't even disagree with that perspective. Um, D'Angelo's making a plea to his uncle. Yes. There's no reason to make a plea to Stringer because he'd be dead in a heartbeat. Left up to Stringer. Stringer wants to kill him. Can't wait to kill Wallace. So he, D'Angelo's making that direct plea to Avon. Yeah, to your point, to your point, he never acknowledged uh, Stringer or eye contact. You're absolutely no. right. He didn't. <laughs> no, this has nothing to do with Stringer. Stringer wants him dead. He knows Stringer wants him dead. Like that, that, that's not even, that wouldn't be a conversation. So we get, we stay in the club. Um, yeah, Freeman, Sidner, and Herc are in a surveillance van trying to, listening to Chardine, who is outside the office, um, who's outside the office, uh, not, with a wire, she can't, she can barely hear, she can't hear anything because she's outside the office. She, so they basically get, they basically get nothing out of that, um, out of that. Now it would lead to something down the road, but she's out, uh, that Freeman concocted, but she's out, she's, you know, she keeps, you know, messing with the wire. Uh, 
they're in the van, Signer and uh, Herka just annoying the hell out of Freeman. Annoying the hell out of Freeman before he snaps on them. Uh, she comes out, she comes out of the van, uh, comes out of the office, not the office, she comes out of the, the club into the van, says, I can't do this no more. Freeman says, you don't have to, I just need you to do one more thing. And then of course we will we'll see we'll see what that leads to. We also saw two dudes talking to one of the strippers before um while Stringer's in the office, not Stringer, while Avon's in the office with Stringer, and Avon reprimands the dude saying, Hey, y'all, y'all motherfuckers talk too much uh, before they go into the office. So you had that, you again, you have Avon, you know, on, you know, on on his uh to, you know, Avon, you know, is I don't say paranoid, but you know, Avon being Avon is always, always careful from that standpoint. Uh so what were your thoughts on that on that scene? I thought it was a really good it's it's a it's a good setup scene. Yeah, yeah. They, I, I agree mean, with your thoughts and and, and it's it's yep, set, yeah, setting up for later on. It's definitely setting up a, a lot of stuff that happens uh later. So Nikisha Lyles is killed. Um she's if you remember she was the the security guard that they paid off during D'Angelo's court case in episode one. Uh, so they find her. Um, no surprise, of course, that she was on there. She was on the, uh, their hit list. Um, you have uh, Wallace, D'Angelo, Poot, and Bodie. So Wallace returns back from uh, his grandmother's house from the country. We remember last episode, Pooh gave him, sent him bus money. And immediately you could just see D'Angelo, you know, just, I mean, it, his facial expression, to, facial expression told the story, basically did not, he did not want Wallace back. Um, Bodie, Bodie was joking around with Wallace. They're talking about his tombs, asking him if he got some ass down in the country and, you know, kind of, uh, going back and forth from that standpoint, you know, yucking it up, so to speak, for at least for Bodie. But then Bodie tells Wallace that he's been demoted, Bodie tells him that he's been demoted off the money. And he's immediately, of course, overruled by uh, D'Angelo saying that, hey, if he wants to back on the money, he can be back on the money. But we also talked about him going back to school and they go, then you see Wallace, you see Bodie, not Bodie, you see, uh, D'Angelo and Wallace go their separate ways, not their separate ways, but go walk together for a scene that we'll talk about later. Uh, what were your thoughts on Wallace's uh, return? Yeah, just sad, because you, know, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you, know, you know what that means, just just sad. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Wallace should have stayed in the country. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, no question about that. Uh, McNulty, Freeman, Daniels, and Bunk, um, they're in the detail, they realized Bunk tells them about the security officer being killed. And so immediately they go into uh, realizing that that, not the answer, that Avon is cleaning up and they go to they go to uh, try to find uh, try to find Wallace and try to make some connections and uh, contacts in terms of where he's at. Um, 
they brought up the fact now during the scene uh, i definitely want to get your thoughts on this they brought up the fact that um what happened to wallace and then they use this excuse uh well grace got shot no 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 no. Gray's got shot but they y'all dropped the fucking ball on that that's mm-hmm. that's not Let's, let's, let's not kid ourselves with, they, with making that out to be the reason why <laughs> this kid is in the wind right now. Y'all, we, we've talked about that past episodes, how much they dropped the ball on, on, on how they dealt with Wallace. But they, you know, that, that's the beauty of this show. Poor policing. Uh, show you all aspects of, of policing, good and bad and indifferent. Uh, so you have them out searching for Wallace. Um, now we have... Um, D'Angelo and Wallace uh, have their conversation. D'Angelo basically says, without without telling him that Stringer wants him dead, basically says, look, you know, this game is not for you anymore. You stirred up some shit by going by leaving town. And um, he says that you, you know, he says that you, He said he didn't tell him that you should stay down there, but he basically tells him every. He basically says, "Look, you you need to move on from this game. You need to move on from this game." And then you um. You have Wallace. With the uh, you have Wallace basically says, you know, this is you know this is me, this is who I am. This is me right here. Yeah. That was of course the epigraph of the uh of the episode. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Uh, this was a very, very good scene. And it says... Uh, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I, left, I left the part. I'm sorry. I left no, the part. Too. We also get introduced to Brianna Barksdale, who is, of course, the sister of Avon and mother of uh, of D'Angelo. She gives them some um, some fish. I forgot what they would they would call sterlings. I think sterlings. That was the name of the fish that that, that he got. And uh, Wallace, you know, says you know, basically says, "Is that your girlfriend?" And you know, he tells him that's his mom. And you know, she she's checking in on D'Angelo. And uh, we'll 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 talk more. We'll we'll talk more about Brianna later on in the uh, in the episode. So I yeah, I want to uh, want to get that part in. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um... No, I mean it. It was really, it was really good. Uh, you pretty much nailed everything. I mean, I think I just want to reiterate: it's, it, this is, this is a scene like these. These two characters have kind of mirrored each other. They're not kind of. They have mirrored each other the entire series. And so, um, you know, when you're watching this, you're just like, this is the last time these two are gonna have be uh, are gonna have a conversation. It's, it's a very, it's a very uh emotional and wild conversation because um d'angelo's trying to say to him go without saying the words to him and what wallace is saying is i this is all i have this is all that i know so i can't go anywhere it doesn't even matter so you just kind of like this is this is this scene encaps- encapsulates the desperation of circumstances but um you know neither neither side plays it as being desperate which is which is very cool to 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 watch um two actors pull off yeah i i don't think in that moment d'angelo did enough to save wallace um 
he also said that, you know, you stay close to your peoples, no loose talk, no snitching. But at the same time, he knows that Stringer wants uh, wants him dead. So I thought that he I wanted, I wanted him to go a little bit more. Wanted him to, I wanted him to go harder with Wallace. I want. I think I, I wanted him to go a little bit harder. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I don't. I don't think that's an inaccurate way to be thinking about it. Like, you know, why can't D'Angelo just go out and tell Wallace, Wallace, they're trying to kill you, you need to go away. Um, I think all the rules of the show and everything that we know about the characters and everything that we know about everybody's situation tells you why he can't do that. Um, but, uh, you know, like, like this is not this is not necessarily time for some. So I get that. I get that. But I, I just think the rules of the show have just set up where um, there's just no options. The choice was for Wallace never to come back. That was the that was the that was the option. And when he did come back, there's there weren't many options left for either one. There were no options left for either one of them. Um, Cause that was that was, you know. D'Angelo's biggest pitch to Avon and Stringer in that room is like, he's out of the game. He's out. He's gone. No eyes on him. Then he comes back. It's like, oh, he did. <laughs> he's here. Yeah. He's here. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't argue against being like, yo, Wallet, they're going to kill you. Run. <laughs> like, this, yeah. If, I mean, if, in all give, things, me, give me those two choices. Would you rather have D'Angelo subtly talk around why you shouldn't be here? Would you rather him just tell you and you figure figure your life out in the next, you know, whatever? I, I'll take I I will I will take the choice to just tell me <laughs> they try to kill you, run, and I'll figure it out from that point. Give me that information. Give me that. I need that information. I yeah. Do. I do. I and all, but in all and with all fairness, D'Angelo, he's also in a tough spot because he's boxing and by yeah. and Avon. So I had yeah. to be cog- you had to be cognizant of that. That if 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 somehow Wallace, if he does give Wallace that information, then all while all of a sudden Wallace disappears. People yeah. fingers gonna get point to what did you see him? And you know Bodie and them are gonna say, Yeah, D'Angelo spoke with him. So that, you know. I, yeah, I, nah, I, can't be no lying. He can't lie. Yeah, no, he can't. Yeah. Can't lie, no. So I, I I get why he made, why he said that, why he made that decision, not make a decision, but why he said, you know, what he said. Um. So you have Herc, no, you have Daniels, Clay, Clay Davis, and Burrell. Um, they discuss questions about the. Uh, they have questions for Burrell, not for for uh, Daniels about the con- campaign contract. The finance contributions for the campaign money for the campaign money. Uh, they talk about the money that was taken from uh, Damian Price to for his driver. And again, Daniels plays as cool as a cucumber. Basically, says we have probable cause to uh, make that search. Um, if you're not involved with drugs, then good. Um, okay. So he basically, because you got Clay Davis saying, saying, you got Clay Davis saying that 
he's not involved in drugs or, or anything like that or anything shady. And Daniel's like, okay. And um, you have uh, Daniel's basically was Daniel's basically controlled the meeting. Daniel's basically said, is there anything else? And walked out. Uh, it was not, I mean, he fought, you know, he fought for his squad. He fought, he did not, he didn't back down one iota from either Dan Davis or Burrell. And, um, and basically said, you know, basically, you know, kept his calm and basically made his point and, and stood his ground in comparisons to say, maybe earlier in the season, you don't see that. You definitely don't see that uh, out of Daniel. So you saw, you've seen the evolution of his character and of him as a character and him as a, a as a leader as well. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I actually, I absolutely love this scene. I thought this was like Daniel's announcing, or the writers, the actor, and the character announcing who he was as a person, right? Because, um, uh, Burrell, oh no, that happens a little bit later. Oh, oh, no, 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 it's not, you got, yeah, they got one more scene. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah I'll connect it, but, but it doesn't even matter, because I love this scene right here, this moment, because this is Daniels announcing himself as who, like, the character he's going to be. Um, He's not going to, I mean, I think if you tie it back into the further episodes, I mean, or episodes that we've already watched, where he's kind of struggled with the idea of am I a police officer or am I, you know, a police officer who's politicking for different different things? I think in in this scene, he laid very clearly out who he was. Um, he was uh, somebody who was going to play it straight by the rule book, straight by the rule book, and he's not going to take it from his his people's and he's not going to take it from a state senator or his boss. Uh, if he, like that, I, that's, his, that's his North Star. And he announced the North Star is, I am a no-nonsense, right-by-the-rule-book person. And that will land me wherever it lands me. But I am going to follow, I'm going to, I'm going to follow the rules. And I'm going to do it the right way. And it landed him somewhere. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a couple of episodes. It, he, he lands somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, there are definitely some, uh, there are definitely some uh, results that come from, from planning straight. Um, well, I mean, like, and it also, this isn't a, that, that's, we can't understate how big a deal King of being shot was. Yes. Like that was huge. Oh, no, and that, it shifted our characters. That that's also another reason. That's why that's what really good shows do in terms of the big moments aren't just moments just to be big. Just to be it'll be cool if a police officer got shot. Like and, and it'll be cool drama. Like, no, it has to fundamentally change your characters. Daniels doesn't do that or have that disposition if Kima is isn't is it shot because where he's at now is he's he's this case is what it is and it's about the fact that they're not only bringing in drug dealers but somebody who tried to take out one of their own um and everybody needs to pay within the parameters of the law and what they can do um and so that was daniels expressing that out loud 
not only to the character, not not only to the characters in the scene, but to all of us as well. You have Daniels, uh, Daniels, Herc, and Freeman. Herc has came back, just come back from the sergeant's exam. Herc fully believes that he's going to be a sergeant. He, you know, is excited about it. Says he can't wait to tell Carver. Um, a celebration that you know we will find out will be you know short lived, but we'll come to find out in a couple, and we'll come to find out in the next episode. But he's, you know, he's going, he's going crazy in a good way in terms of uh, thinking that he's going to be a sergeant. And then you heard Freeman and Daniels basically shake their heads at, at the thought of Herc, you know, being a sergeant. Um, at the thought of Herc being a sergeant. So you had that going, that I felt like that was kind of clear cut. Unless you want to add something to that? Nope. Um, they also find out that Wallace is out of pocket and he's no longer with his grandmother. So they uh they they have that um that they have that they find out that information uh as well um during that scene. Um you have Bodie and Stringer. Uh so Stringer comes down to the pit. Um he's in a, of course he's in a, uh the uh, Mercedes van or Mercedes, you know, the the truck, Mercedes truck. He gets Bodie in the truck and basically gives Bodie the order to kill Wallace. Uh, now, leading up to that, he asked Wallace's whereabouts. He asked Wall where Wallace was at, um, and he kind of, you know, tries to get a read on where Bodie's head is at as far as his commitment in terms of, you know, asking questions like Bodie. Bodie seizes the opportunity, like. But this is what Bodie, like to your point earlier, this is what Bodie has been waiting for. So he basically said, you know, Wallace is not cut out for this. His heart pumps Kool-Aid. Um, uh, he tells Stringer that Bodie, that not Bodie, that Wallace was down, uh, was down at his grandmother's house, but he's back. And he tells him, also tells, tells him that D'Angelo put him back on the money. Um, and Wallace, not Wallace, Avon uh, Stringer gives the order uh, to have Wallace uh, killed, to have Wallace killed. And, you know, there you, you had that with, uh, there you go with that particular scene. Um, a lot to chew on. What were your thoughts on this scene? Uh, it's a continuation of what we were talking about from the, the earlier, from the earlier scene. There's nothing, the dynamics are not new. It's, this is, this is kind of it playing out. Um, yeah, this, this is it playing out. Stringer, Stringer's going to Bodie to get Bodie to kill Wallace. Yeah, Minoti and Daniels go, going looking for Wallace. They go to his place where he had the uh, electricity hooked up. Uh, they can't find him. Um, they clearly they moved to another spot because it definitely was not the same spot that he that he ended up being with in the next scene, as you have Wallace and Poop uh, feeding the kids, and um, you have Wallace and, and uh, Poop feeding the kids. So they moved to another spot. Um, so you had that going on. Um, now to the detail. Uh, the detail you have Freeman comes up with a plan to bug Avon's office. Um, 
So he's going through with uh, with Charlene doing the uh, kind of like a military, not military walk, but kind of a walk, taking walk, taking steps, measuring her steps, blindfolded, um, blindfolded to kind of reenact how many steps there are in uh, are in, in Avon's office or outside the office. So Freeman comes up with that plan. Comes up with that uh, plan. Uh, what are your thoughts on what are your thoughts on that scene? Yeah, I mean, say now what you need to do to get the bug into the office. Who and Bodie discuss Wallace? Um, yeah, Bodie saying that Bodie telling Poop that he's got the order from Stringer. Poop, of course, is reluctant, but then actually contributes by saying that he he saw Wallace get high. He contributes without even knowing it. Um, says he saw Wallace cop get get high, and then Bodie says, "Well, you know, if he's getting high, then he's definitely not to be trusted." Um, now, in this, it it seemed like it was a situation where Bodie was like Bodie, um, and well, and I think it, it, it aligns perfectly with how this, how that scene played out. We'll and we'll talk about the scene, but Bodie was Bodie. Was like, damn, this is, it's, it's, you know, this is something we have to do. It's not like I, it, I didn't get a sense that Bodie was excited to do it. It was just something like he's basically like he, he basically said he told Pui, not not basically said this is the this is the game, this is the game. But um, you can see some. I thought I thought it was good some foreshadowing as far as Bodie was kind of reluctant, not as reluctant as Pui, but kind of a little bit. With his body language, uh, what were your thoughts on that conversation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure both of them were were reluctant, because um, at this point in time, uh, that's this is this is their first this is their first um, kill. So um, I'm sure I'm sure both of them are nervous at, at a certain point, and it's somebody that they know well. Um, on top of that. Uh, so yeah, I mean it, it's it's a it's a great scene because it kind of like it like what a lot of shows wouldn't take the time to do is to just pause just for a second on how the trigger men are actually feeling about what's going on. Like the why the why they have to do it and how they're feeling about how to do that. Um a lot of shows wouldn't wouldn't take that time unless it was like a main main character. Um and so uh and so that that was very that was very cool um to to just take that moment with them so you have Perlman, Daniels and Freeman discussing the campaign financial investigations uh Perlman lets them you know ask them about it Freeman basically says you know we didn't it was best that you did not know Perlman wasn't upset um to your point earlier, she was, she was just blindsided by not knowing, but she wasn't, once she found out, she, she wasn't upset at them um, about it. She just basically said, basically told them that you got some people in our, in our office, little, you know, on edge and nervous about, about those, uh, about those campaign finance investigations and, and, and what, and what have you. Um, what were your thoughts on, on, on that exchange? This is, kind of building off what we were talking about 
um, it, it's, 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 it's kind of coming together of the, like what, what Daniels believes and then like what this, this unit will be about and what her role in this, this unit will be about. Um, I think the reason why it wasn't like an upset, a, we know the relationship Pearlman and Daniels have, um, uh, in the, in, in one place. And then in the second one, you know, it's, it is very matter of fact, if somebody has done something wrong, then they will be charged versus if they haven't done anything wrong. And so um, I think there's a un, unstated or implicit trust with, with especially between Pearlman and Daniels is that if you are doing, if this is happening and then Daniels trust Freeman, of course, if this is going down this way, it's because there's action, there's dirt that's there. Yeah. Um, yeah, Wallace, Bodie, and Poop, they uh, meet up at a sandwich shop. Um, they're, uh, yeah, Wallace discussing about what they're going to do later on. Uh, Bodie kind of comes at Wallace a little bit as far as saying that, uh, you know, you're talking about kid stuff. Or you're talking, not kid stuff, you're talking about your mom. Says, you know, are you a boy or a man? Says, are you a boy or are you a man? And Wallace says he's a man. Uh, Bodie then Wallace go, comes back at Bodie saying, you know, why you have to be why why you have to be hard all the time? And Bodie's retort was, you know, weak link breaks weak link breaks the chain. That was I believe is the direct quote. And uh, you have them, you know, knowing him and Putin knowing that they're going to uh, eventually kill him. Uh, you have them leaving out the uh, sandwich shop. Uh, what, what, what did you think about that exchange? What What happens next? Are they Are they going directly into the the? Um... No, no. Okay. That's not, All right, so that's not the that's not the meeting next thing. Okay, uh, I was going to see if I was going to wait to to wait for that one to talk about this. I can talk about this separately. Um, the so the scene is in my mind's eye is mostly about um Bodie, particularly Bodie, but Poop to some degree, trying to steal themselves up to do this deed. And so the back and forth is a conversation between them, yes, but it's also Bodie hunting for just hunting for the justification to steal himself up to pull that trigger. So he's 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 trying to figure out how he can mentally do this at this point in time. So he's trying. You think he's trying? He was trying to just toughen himself up that much more, make himself that much like. I mean, it's in, in a very uh, what is like psych himself in out. A very real, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. In a very real sense, right? Like you know, they say, why do people bully? people why they look down to everything but everything at other people and, and you tear other people down to make yourself feel stronger so he's tearing Wallace down in order to steal himself up to to take that shot Wallace is he's you know all the different types of things he's saying he's, his heart pumps Kool-Aid he's not built for this if you're not built for this you can potentially be a traitor blah 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 
Like all the stuff is his own rational, rationalization that's coming out in this conversation. Yeah. So you have Chardine, Freeman, Herc, and Prez. Uh, she gives them the coordinates of the floor of Avon's office. So then you have Herc, Freeman, a you have Herc, Freeman, Daniels in that office. They're drilling. Herc is drilling to set up to uh, plant the bug in Avon's office. Um, in Avon's office, so that you have that going on. Then McNulty comes in and uh, lets. Uh, Let's Daniels know that they got a a, a fresh address on uh, Wiles' mom. <clears throat> and Daniels heads out and leaves uh, Herc, Prez, and and, um, and Freeman. How about Freeman, man? Freeman is like, I, we I, we didn't give. I, it was this was his idea, but like the scene that set up that set this up in terms of this this whole entire idea was the fact that he basically called out the the detail for being draft dodging peace freaks he said when he back in the deep back in the detail when he was when he was concocting this whole scheme in regards to uh he said do you, do you guys understand what a, a military quick tie or something like that is so he clearly had done some time in the, in the service that uh that allows him to uh even come up with a plan like this because they were they were stuck in terms of chardine being able to get anywhere near that office what were your thoughts on on, on this um yeah yeah this is i mean like if you look at it structurally for the episode um this is the mounting tension like we're 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 getting the the drum beat is beating faster right like they're about to put a bug in avon's space um wallace we don't know where wallace is they're running around for them i mean we know as the viewers know wallace they the police finally find out that they don't know where wallace is that wallace is missing and so there's an intensity there so when you look at it like this scene in the structure of the episode is to continue that building of intensity towards the the final the final pieces. So we get to the scene uh, that is one of the most uh, regarded in the history of the show. You have Wallace, Bodie, and Poop. Um, the kids are no one. The, the kids Wallace's kids are no nowhere to be found. Of course. They go back to Wallace's place. Um, they had he heads up. He's looking for them. He thinks that they he thinks that they're going to be around. He thinks that they're going to be around. I'm assuming that Pooh did something to get rid of them, as far as not something bad, but as far as making sure they that they were not going to be there. I, I think Pooh took care of that myself. So <laughs> Alice heads upstairs and. He's ahead of Bodie, he's ahead of Pooh. And you see um, Bodie goes ahead of Pooh. They're going up the stairs. And I'm gonna put I'm gonna put an emphasis up. I'm gonna put an emphasis for a for a scene down the down the line in this episode. They're going up the stairs. And you see Pooh kind of hesitate, and then Bodie gives him a head nod, like, let's go. Uh, without saying anything, just just nods his head forward. Uh, so they go in to the room. Um, they corner Wallace, and then you have uh, Poop. You have uh, not Poop. You have Bodie pull out a gun. Basically says, you know, you should have stayed in the country. Uh, Wallace, of course, um, begs basically begs for his life. 
and uh, you know, peace in his pants, begs for his life, and um, again, Bodie to uh, you know, typical of Bodie says, you know, stand up like a man. You said you were a man. Stand up like a man. You pissing in your pants, and Bodie hesitates before the trigger, before he pulls the trigger. Matter of fact, to a point to where Pooh had to say, if you're going to do it, then do it. So he basically has to push Bodhi towards pulling the trigger. He takes Pooh, Bodhi takes one shot, um, one shot, and then Pooh takes the gun and finishes Wallace off with two shots. And I found that interesting from the standpoint of it was Pooh that had to push Bodhi towards to, to doing it. And the fact that Pooh wants his hands dirty as well. Like he doesn't, he kind of takes some of the brunt off Bodhi in terms of, uh, with, in terms of the, the, any type of guilt that's going to be felt. So that was interesting to me from that, from that standpoint. What were your thoughts? Uh, that's a that's an interesting read. I had I haven't thought about it in in that way before. Um, I think that the the um <clears throat> the way in which this is kind of shot and acted, it's meant to be what it is. Very just super 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 tragic, right? Um, and so, uh, and so. I think everything that they did was to spell out that that tragedy. The only thing that I would say to add add into everything, because you laid it out pretty pretty thoroughly, is that um, when this show was doing this for the first time, there weren't scenes like this that existed in television. So this is a big deal for a reason. It was a, it was just it just. It just was not, this. It didn't look like this, you know. The Sopranos was popping at that point in time, um, and of course, the Sopranos did like a lot of like murders and things like that. But in terms of kind of showing the um, the the impact that it has on the sh the people who have to initiate the the boss's order and not in a way that is like super like uh, super confident um because of course that happens in the mafia mythos and everything like that you need somebody on the inside somebody who's really close to kill the person but it rarely rarely focuses on what that does what toll that takes on the person who actually has to commit that act um and so that's what I appreciate. Everything you said, absolutely. Um, and that's why I appreciate the scene so much because it, it pulls out those details of both and Poop and the emotions and the feelings and the interactions they're going through, having to pull this off um, for the very first time in their, in their uh, criminal careers. Yeah, a couple things came to mind uh, when, you just, when you were just talking. Number one, uh, these kids will, you know, these kids will never be the same um, in terms of Bodie and Pooh. Um, now, we'll, we'll, we'll see what the ramifications of their actions prove for them even in the next episode. We'll see, we'll, we'll, we'll see that. 
but they um they never uh they they won't be the same and also to your point about the humanity aspect and about just showing that first kill it kind of remind me of two things it kind of remind me it remind me of the godfather when michael corleone shot the the, the police captain in, in salazzo and how it took you through his mindset with his with his first kill well yeah that's why i said tv movies have done it plenty of times because you have you 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 stay on care they had things such as anti-heroes remember before the sopranos and then the wide short like this this we're in it so much now we forget how breaking groundbreaking this stuff truly was that no, didn't you didn't, happen no, you didn't see on TV. no i actually no, well, look what i had to compare it to like arguably the greatest movie of all time so that that lets you know that the, the, the level of the storytelling from that standpoint and just how carefully these these scenes were uh were developed and, and, and paced out um so i thought about that uh when i thought about like yeah this was like television like this whole idea where you just come in and shoot them have no emotion like no that's not that's not even real life like this well uh, tv at that point in time again i mean well, you give TV was like, doing, yeah, 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 you gotta TV. give sopranos all the all the credit in the world for making this into a thing but tv was not for empathizing with the villain like that was not a place where it's tv's all about heroes what yes. the heroes are doing and how the good guys are making out right like that it is it is it is it, it was very simplified um in, in that in that aspect um and the sopranos opened it up and the wire took it in a very different direction just because the the uh the topics they wanted they wanted to they wanted to cover but in this aspect sopranos and the wire are very much in lockstep in terms of we've had we spent enough time with Bodie and Poot to actually care about that's also the big thing other shows didn't spend that amount of time with the characters. You can show, you know, a character who just committed a heinous act being upset about it. But if we, as the audience, don't have any history with that character, we won't care. Um, and so you have to put the time and the effort to build up your, quote unquote, your bad guys or whatever, to be real humans, of course, um, so that so that we actually care about how they think and feel about this this you know reprehensible act under any other circumstances. Yeah, I mean you like to your point, you walked away from the scene, right? Obviously you're feeling terrible for Wallace. Like, damn, they you know, Wallace got Wallace is dead, this is heartbreaking. But I I didn't walk away from the scene at all angry or disappointed about uh the actions of Bodhi or Poot, even from the first time I saw it or even now about you know almost 20 years later I felt I, I, my thoughts like damn these kids are just they they will never be the same like this <laughs> that this this is going to affect them you know even moving forward for that um uh in terms of that, for them committing that action so I think that's that you know to your point that's the you know that's the depth of of of, of, the, of the layers of these the, the wire gives these character uh, gives these characters. Um, so you have Daniels and uh, you have Daniels and Minotti going to the door. 
of uh, Wiles' mother, who is a, who's an alcoholic. She says he owes her, she hasn't seen him in God knows when. Um, she says that he owes her, he owed her $10. And um, again, had, didn't, you know, gave you some insight in terms of how bad, you know, you know, how, um, uh, you know, gave you some insight to his upbringing, of course, but did not add anything to their investigation as far as she wasn't helpful at all. She didn't, just had no clue in terms of where they were, uh, where he was at. So you had that going on. Want to add anything to that? No. Okay. Um, Avon, his bodyguard, Freeman Prez. So the bug has been planted. They're watching at this point, they're surveilling what Avon is doing. So Prez and Freeman realize that Avon is moving and they immediately get frustrated by, uh, by that. But Avon, but that that turns that turns quickly as Avon tells um first of all Avon berates his bodyguard saying which was kind of funny saying how y'all said saying y'all got the safe in but y'all can't get the motherfucker out basically so he had so he so he, he talked he was talking to them about that but then he tells D'Angelo that uh he needs to make this run to up to New York um make to make this run to New York that uh, that that night and he's basically the only one that he can trust to make that type of run. D'Angelo reluctantly, and I mean reluctantly, uh, makes that run. He really got, you got a sense in that scene of D'Angelo wanted no part of making that run whatsoever. And, you know, we'll, we'll find out why. But, um, yeah, Avon, to your point, and maybe to, and we'll discuss this later, you know, and, and when he talks, when, when we talk about the scene with Avon and his sister, he, you know, he's being an uncle from this standpoint, and he tells, you know, from from the standpoint of, of, of trusting D'Angelo to make that run to get more, uh, to get more uh, products so that they can maintain, that uh, maintain the towers. What were your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, like, you you said everything. It's, it's, this is structurally how they're, Finishing out the episode. Uh, Pooh gets his girl to call the cops to let him know that, uh, basically, let him know that Wallace has been shot. Of course, he doesn't use his name. She said, says that, you know, tell him that an animal has been wounded and, and, and what have you. So you had that going on. Um, Bunk and Wallace, Bunk finds Wallace's body. Um, and uh, immediately, again, immediately is devastated. Even though he, I don't believe he ever even met Wallace, but just, just that I, you, you got the sense that even in that short scene, it was well, just well played, well acted by uh, Wendell Pierce. You get the sense that he felt like, damn, we, my, we let this kid down. Like he, you know, for somebody that didn't have a relationship. He with Wallace, he just, you know, he's kind of devastated, he's kind of, you know, devastated by it, even in that short time period of the scene. What were your thoughts on that? Um Yeah, the uh yeah, yeah, I like exactly. When the when like yes, that exact that was exactly it. The they how they let Wallace down. That's where that emotion was coming from. You have Herc, Daniels, and Signer, uh, they plant a tracking device. On D'Angelo's car, on under D'Angelo's car, on the on under D'Angelo's car, um, 
D'Angelo, uh, we would find out would take forever and, you know, getting changed and what have you in, in his, uh, in his apartment. So you had that going on. Um, that's of course, that's a setup to a later scene we'll, that we'll get to. Freeman, um, back at the, uh, Avon's back at the, the building across from uh, that's close to Avon's office notices a uh, rehab center being built where the Barksdale's own property. So he sees a headline, a headline that says $250 million of grant, grant money, grant money to housing. And we find out, I, I did a little more extra research on this, found out that this actually was going to be a rehab center that was built, that's going to be built where the Barksdale's own property uh what were your thoughts on, on that revelation uh yeah, yeah this is i mean like like freeman's putting together the the uh perspective of the um the property and stuff i mean like it's it's i'm talking around stuff because they're 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 yeah, setting things up for season three now yeah, like yeah. like they're laying they're laying the next foundation. So it's hard to talk about this without talking about that. No, no question about it. Yeah, these are, crumb, these are the crumb, breadcrumbs for, for further seasons, um, without question. Uh, you have Daniels and McNulty uh, waiting for D'Angelo to still come out. D'Angelo takes forever. Remember, remember it was daytime when they set, when they set that, that bug, not bug, but they set that device in his car. Now it's nighttime. He took the entire time just to get changed uh, to get his clothes, uh, to get changed or what, and what have you. They find out that um, that Wallace is dead. And then immediately, uh, McNulty says that that means Stringer is out of the box. So you had that going, you had that with that particular scene. And then, of course, we have McNulty, D'Angelo, Daniels. All right, you want to, do you want to say anything about that? About that? No, 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 no. You're, you're, yeah. We're, we're connecting them all together. So then, of course, they pull over D'Angelo. Um, he makes the run to New York. He comes back. He comes back. Um, he comes back, not to Baltimore, but he makes the run. They follow him, of course. Um, he was in New York for like 23 minutes. And then they know he has stuff in the, of course, the stuff is in the trunk. He gets stopped and pulled over. And then, of course, you see Daniels, uh, McNulty. You see Daniels, McNulty, Harbor, and Signer come out the car, and that leads us into the interrogation scene where you have McNulty, D'Angelo, and Daniels. Now, D'Angelo is playing, you know, is playing it smart in the beginning. Basically says, lawyer, I'm not saying anything until Levy gets here. Playing it smart, playing it cool. Uh, and they have, and, and at that point, you know, of course they have the stuff that, you know, they had the drugs that he had, they have that on him, of course. So they have that charge on him, but uh, he's giving them nothing else at this point. And McNulty said something very interesting that I found interesting. Um, he says, he tells D'Angelo, you're not the one who fucked up. 
and they and then he then they tell they proceed then did then McNulty tells Wild tells D'Angelo that Wallace was uh, shot and was basically was, was killed was shot and killed, and that of course changes D'Angelo's entire mindset, which we'll see play out, uh, which we'll see play out later on in the episode. What were your thoughts? Yeah, this is an awesome scene. Um, I encourage everybody to check out just kind of like after McNulty says that to um, D'Angelo, watch what the actor does and like the way, like like the facial progressions that he he goes through. Um, very cool stuff. Uh, on top of that, um, the again, it's it's hard to talk about without talking about other stuff. Um, so uh what the police were trying to get across in a couple different ways right so what what they what they want from d'angelo of course is they want to flip him over until other for other people right so the two ways to do that is um is to break that bond with with the in the Barksdale organization, yeah. not the two ways to do it. The way that they're showing it, the two ways that they're showing it was the to your point, the not fucked up. Like this is nothing that they can pin on you. We had all of y'all. Basically, that's what he's trying to say. We have all of y'all like, airtight, locked down. Like we know all all this stuff. So got anything what you did. You did everything correctly in terms of driving, everything. You were dead the moment you got into that car, essentially. Um, and then the the second thing. Um, is then, of course, the emotional pieces that that McNulty knows that he can he can play on on D'Angelo because he proved it earlier on, um, <clears throat> earlier on in the season um, that that D'Angelo can be emotionally uh, emotionally manipulated. So then he drops the Wallace thing on him, try to see how they can if they can rattle him. Yeah, the Wallace thing was a perfect mic drop for McNulty. That that was the way to end that interrogation without question. Just to let that kind of sift and marinate in D'Angelo's head um, at the end of that scene. So you have Avon and Brianna at Brianna's place. Um, Brianna basically just rips into Avon saying that how could you send them out there with without a uh, a trap car? Um, she now initially, when we first met Brianna, and she Brianna gets introduced in this episode. This is her first episode of the season of the series and of the season. Initially, you're thinking that this is just a mother, an overprotective mom who is emotional. Her son has been arrested for like the second time, by the way, because remember, he just he beat a charge earlier in the, in the season. And you you figure, okay, she's, maybe she's taking it too far as far as how she's coming at Avon. But then when she messes about, she brings up the trap car, uh, she makes, she first of all, you learn that she knows her shit from that standpoint and that she might, she, and I, I will ask you, she uh was she right to uh, call out avon did avon did avon drop the ball with this decision uh i mean like so here's here's what i'll say 
um, in, in this circumstance. You got think about where we are in the season. This isn't the time for well-crafted, thought-provoking. I mean, thought, well-thought-out plans. Avon's reacting to what's going on, um, and the way the scenes are being built are they're being built with tremendous consequences attached to them because that's the point that we're at in the show. Now, if something like this would have happened in episode one, before they know about the investigation, stash house and everything like that, then I could be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the point where Avon is making that decision, he makes it clear that he's doing it because he doesn't feel like there's anybody that he can trust and there's no product to hold the towers because their stash house, the, the main house got, got uh, uh, the main stash got raided. Right. Um, I, I think Brianna's role is just very simple in this. She's an upset mother. That just, it doesn't matter what profession or what, whatever, she's an upset mother. So, so she's not thinking initially in any other terms other than my child got arrested and is about to go to jail. Right. Because as we know, we don't even have to go do the right, wrong, whatever, indifferent. As we know, they had them dead to rights because they have a video in their office. Right. So. Yeah. Yes. The, he could have had all the track car, whatever car, whatever mom was talking about at that point in time. Um, it wouldn't have mattered because they already had everything. Yeah, no, they, 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 yeah, they, they had, they knew nothing about. They could have pulled him over at any point in time. Yeah. And they, he would have been done. They knew nothing about. Uh, the moment he entered that car, he was done. It was a wrap. But my question to you would be, getting back to Avon. Um, that's, that's why I said, think about where we're at in the show, at what point of the season we're at as well. Yeah, no, no, I, I, can, I, please, I completely get it. Why do you think Avon says, now this is his organization, bears his name, why does he say, you're the only one I could trust? To... Brianna or to, no, to D'Angelo, yeah. going back to because he's his cousin. I mean, he's um nephew. He says Ken, family. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I yeah, I know why he wanted him on there, but the, the, even even him even him to say that you're the only one I can um, trust right now was what he specifically what he specifically says was i only noticed because i just watched the episode was um i feel like there's not a lot of people that i can trust right now yeah that's a that's a big that's a big statement like yeah, that's, that's the, it's raining down from from everywhere and again you gotta separate out what the audience knows versus what the character knows he doesn't know everything we know in terms of how this is all happening to him like the stuff hasn't even been written up to a point where Levy has the documents and can say, because when they're sitting down and talking at in, uh, in Orlando's, they're trying to figure it out, but they don't know the why. They don't know what's going on. Nobody knows about the wire. Because remember, again, this is the first time anything like this is being done in Baltimore. This is what the case the show is making. So they have no clue. He has no clue what's what's coming down on him um, because nothing like this has been attempted before. Sidner says it at the end. Right. 
Yeah. So you have, um, oh, okay, yes. D'Angelo, Stringer, and Levy. Uh, D'Angelo says, it wasn't me who fucked up. Before he even gets into asking about Wallace, he says, it wasn't me who fucked up. Stringer's retort was, so he said, he basically says, so then why are the fuck, he says, why the fuck are we here then? And then you have him going to the, you know, the famous, where the fuck is Wallace? Where's Wallace? Yep. And then you have Stringer and Levy. Levy basically says, you know, basically tries to give D'Angelo, you know, tells, tries to warn D'Angelo, like, hey, you know, watch, watch what you're about to say. And, but at this point, D'Angelo is, is done because he knows Stringer. He, at this point, is connected to Doss that, that Wallace is, you know, he is in, it's, it's been implanted in his head that Wallace is dead. And he knows Stringer is the one that had Wallace killed. So he's done with, the, he's done with Wallace. He's done with Levy at this point. He calls in for another lawyer, calls in, calls in for another lawyer to get, um, to represent him and they leave both Levy and um, Stringer leave the room. What are your thoughts on this scene? Uh, I mean, like this, you know, this is one of the, I love this scene. I love this scene. This is one of the most iconic scenes in, in the, in the wire. Um, it's yeah, it's, it, it's a hell of a scene. It's just a hell of a scene. Well acted, well directed. Well written, all of it. So when he says, it wasn't me who fucked up, and then Stringer says, well, why the fuck are we here? Yeah. Stringer blaming him for... Uh, you got to look, think about how that with the wire, you cannot isolate pieces. That's not how this show works. The show builds upon itself. So... In the organization, like the like Avon and Stringer are taking care of all the big details, and then then organizationally, when something happens, they blame the individuals because it has to be on you. That's how they've always interacted with all their guys. Like if something goes wrong, what did you do first? And that's what that's what D'Angelo's saying to him, and that and it's tied in to the Nolte thing and everything like that. Is like what what they have been trying think about what him and Springer have been talking about this whole, how to smoke out the snitch. There's no snitch. It's right. a wire. Again, we know what they don't know. And you got, we have to separate that out. They have no idea about a wire. They have no conception, no concept that this is happening to them in this way. Everything they've done has been out of abundance of caution because they keep running into police everywhere. So they know something's wrong. They don't know what's wrong. So what Avon and what Stringer do is they blame you individually way before they'll ever get to the point of such and such is happening, right? So that's why he's initially saying, I did not, it wasn't me. I didn't fuck up. I did everything right. Yeah. Because he knows they're going to blame, they're going to blame him first. Yeah. Yeah. So you got Dan, we go to Daniels and Burrell part three. Um, he tells Burrell that he knows about the snitch that was uh, giving feeding him information. Uh, of course, Burrell wants the case completely, wants the case wrapped up. And Daniels 
basically calls Burrell's bluff to expose him. He says, quote, you rather live in shit than let the world see you work. Yeah. So this is this is this is the scene that you had, have been. Yeah. Talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 was that was the verbal part of his of the manifesto of of Daniels on this one. Um that that was literally that's that's his uh his mission statement as a character. Uh and so like he's he's letting him know. Like like you, and th- this is the complete transformation, right? I don't care what you have on me. You can put that out there. I'm still going to do the right thing, period. That is who I am. And that's how, what, that's who I will be going forward. Yeah. Yeah. No, he, listen, he, uh, he got the best of, um, Burrell in three in all three scenes. I mean, he got just outmaneuvering them, just out. He was, you know, it was brilliant how he played all three scenes in, in which they were they were in. Um, now we go on to another big scene. So you have Avon Stringer, Daniels, and McNulty. Um, first, Avon Stringer. Of course, they had the video cameras. They have cameras. They see outside. And Avon basically, you know, taunts the police. Says, "Look at these Delta Force motherfuckers. He's wait. He's waiting to be arrested." Um, he gets a stringer to take the money out the safe. He had one hundred fifty thousand dollars in the safe. Says, "No reason to ruin a good safe." Um, stringer lets him know about Levy. That Levy's going to meet him down there. Um, and you have McNulty and Daniels who agree with Avon that SWAT uh, is a little too much to be arresting these two dudes who are not armed and who haven't tested a gun. It, and McNulty says in years, probably in years. So you have McNulty and, McNulty and Daniels go upstairs. Um, very interesting dynamic probably the only time in the series where all four of those guys were in one scene at the same time i want to say um daniels is 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 staring directly at stringer the entire time um mcnulty looks around the room i guess sees the money and then they both, Stringer and Avon, turn to get in a position where they're about to be arrested. That that hands they put their hands behind their their backs, and you see Stringer only 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 McNulty only uh, Avon gets arrested, and and Stringer and he gives Avon uh, gives McNulty Avon gives Stringer a, a curious a surprised look because they both be expected that that they both were going to get arrested. Then you see McNulty say to Stringer, catch you later. They head downstairs. Um, now, Daniels and Avon are headed out, are, 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 are way ahead of, of uh, McNulty. So Stringer's still left in the room. McNulty looks inside the room and pauses 
And then you see Daniels as he's already downstairs, gives him a, 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 a head nod as similar, very nod, kind of parallel that this scene to the Bodhi Poot scene, similar to what Bodhi gave Poot and saying, let's go. Without saying anything, with just a head nod and McNulty heads down. Um, a lot going on in this scene, a lot going on in this scene. Uh, what were your thoughts? Yeah, con I mean, this is consequences, right? Like this is this is the uh, culmination of this entire effort that that has that has gone in, right? Like, like everybody has pretty much said it. Like until this was brought up by McNulty, no one actually like gave like too much about this this case. It was about the parts of it and all the different battles. And in this episode, everything kind of like comes together. And so I think what's significant about having all four of them in that scene together is you kind of have the visual representation of the cops who are using this advanced way or, or much uh, deeper technique and getting, you know, for all intents and purposes, getting the the people they were after after all this time and all this paperwork and all this everything like that um and it was very telling that it didn't have to be a shootout or anything like that or whatever um from a storytelling perspective and just just from kind of like what the show the wire states many many times that it's going to be improves many times that's going to be it's not going to just do stuff for show other shows would have had some kind of splashy shootout at the very end and something weird like that happened. Um, uh, I.e. Quentin Tarantino. Um, the, but there was no need for that. And as a matter of fact, most raids and things like that, you know, don't go down in that way. And so everything, the way that they, everything in that scene makes 100% sense. Um, which, is, which is why the wire is the wire. What were your thoughts on McNulty uh, hesitating before he headed downstairs? Uh, I didn't have any thoughts on that in particular. Uh, this was the first scene that, and to my knowledge, and maybe you can correct me if you, were, if you have any other recollections, recollections, that they did these parallel scenes with the cops and with the street. Um, this scene again was similar um, to the Bodie Poop Bala scene with the difference. Obviously, the, the outcome, well, I mean, similar outcomes from the standpoint of this, it was the death of Wallace and sort of not the complete death of the Barksdales, but a kind of death of the Barksdales with Avon getting arrested. Um, you have Pook and Bo Pook and Bodie headed up the stairs. You have Daniels and Wallet, Daniels and uh, McNulty headed down the steps. Um, what did you make out of anything in regards to those scenes? Uh, any symbolism from, from that standpoint? Do you take anything away from that? If I'm going to take something away, then it's the emotional resonance of each of the scenes, right? Like, like so, if you're if you're talking about like what what the writers and what the what people what people would have been trying to get out of those two scenes, 
is um, in both of those cases, there's a lot of nerves and anxiety that, that evolves around them, right? And one end, you got Poot and Bodie, and they're about to kill one of their good friends. On the other end, you have Daniels and McNulty, who've been chasing this group for so long and have wrapped up so much emotional, political, everything capital, everything capital into these, into this case. And so in one instance, it's just kind of like a, we got to, we got to do this. So we got still ourselves to do this with Bodhi and Poot. And on the other end of it, it's just kind of like a relief, like aspect of like, we really did this. We actually really put the handcuffs on Avon Barksdale. And so I think, like, if you want to look at similarities between those two, two, two scenes, then you want to dive into the emotions behind those two scenes, behind the characters in those scenes. So you have uh, Freeman Perez and Cigna. Of course, Freeman posted an article about the Housing Development Rehab Center. He posted on the board. Uh, Cigna mentions that uh, they give the updates on that Avon's been arrested. Um, Sidner, of course, mentions that this is the best police work that he's ever done because uh, he's about to be cut loose and sent back to his regular assignment. Um, so, yeah, that you had that going on, and then the final scene is the pit being completely empty, where. Um, Yeah, they had no drugs. That was there. So they had no drugs. But I also thought that there was a, a underlying message with underlying message with an empty orange, the empty orange couch. No Bodie. I mean, no, no Wallace. No uh, D'Angelo. Um, no Bodie, no Poop. Uh, go ahead. What were your thoughts on how that how the season how the uh the episode ended with Yeah, I want to go back to the Cinder comment because that that was that was a big one for me. Like you could split it in both ways, right? Like when I'm initially watching it and I'm hearing him talk, the sense that I get is that um what he's saying was the amount of effort and thought and like everything that we had to do didn't even put a dent in the drug game, right? So there's that that common theme that's gonna replay itself over and over this series and just over and over in life in general um, is that you can go after the crew, one crew put all this time and energy into it and you'll get one, you'll get the members of that crew, but the game is the game and it will keep, keep existing outside that. So that's one way. The second way is um, what I was talking about earlier in terms of um, the complexity and the strategy that had to be put in involved in to get the Barks the Barksdale crew. It's just like um the the show makes makes it very clear that the way that they see policing done at that time in 2003 is that it's a lot of quick rips for statistics or for a very short game. Um again, they'll talk way more about this later on. Um and so uh and so um, just like seeing Signer just sit back in awe of the work that that he's done also brings to light how uh, how underutilized this resource was. 
Yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, he said yes. It's the best police work I ever done. What were your thoughts on uh, any thoughts on about the pit being empty? Oh yeah, yeah. The pit's done. Um. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I mean, like, the the shot makes sense in terms of the episode because the Barksdale crew is gone. That that is what that shot said to me. The Barksdale crew, as we knew it, is gone. So Pitt is dead. D'Angelo's gone. Wallace is dead. Bodie and uh, Poot are the ones who did it. So the pit is that like the reason why nobody's around is because everybody's all jacked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know the episode title with uh, cleaning up, and you can look at it like uh, with the obvious. You know, cleaning up the Barksdales wanting to clean house in regards to getting rid of witnesses or anybody that would tie them into uh, that would tie them up in terms of getting arrested or, or going to jail or something like that. Anything. So you had that aspect of it to get rid of Wallace, to get rid of Nikisha Lyles, um, but also Daniels um, going to our, to your point, going completely is completely clean at this point. He's completely clean. So you can tie that into it. Um, you had the Barksdales cleaning out their old offices going, we'll see, we'll see next episode where they end up going. Uh, so yeah, that tied up into it, tied up as well into it. Um, MVP, best performance. Who's your, who's your MVP? Um, I am splitting the different. Okay. I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with, MVP's D'Angelo. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I have to explain this. Yes, um, yes, because yes. D'Angelo, I mean, this is, this is essentially a D'Angelo and Wallace episode. Wallace is going to be my under the, the other world war. Um, and so, uh, so D'Angelo just had the more powerful moments. That, that's the thing that split it for me in terms of, uh, you know, his interaction with Avon, let him be. And then the, the, the interaction with Stringer, where he is, um, where, where he's like, where's, where's Wallace? And like I said, like there, there is no finer acting job than watching the, uh, the emote, watching his face, D'Angelo's face after, uh, McNulty tells him, um, Wallace is dead. There's no quick reaction to it at all. And there's no resolution that comes to. Um, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. So I guess you had him as best performance as well, right? Y- yes. Okay. If if I'm splitting it, then I'm then the other part goes to uh to uh Wallace. Um you know, like the the scene with D'Angelo. Oh, that's another D'Angelo and Wallace, where they're talking to each other, and what Wallace is trying to express that this is this is just who I am. Very good stuff. Um, and then the second, I mean, just just the entire every every the di- like Michael B. Jordan Wallace has to be innocent. 
babe in the woods um, in a very non-innocent dynamic that's happening right now, um, which is which is interesting to play. And and, and uh, he did it very, very well. I enjoy I enjoyed his performance. So that's how it split it. Um, D'Angelo, just because he had the most most powerful lines, but um, Wallace right there. Uh, MVP, I had Daniels. Um, uh, I think he just, again, those three scenes where he just eviscerates uh, Burrell, goes toe-to-toe with Clay Davis, uh, makes that transformation to being just, you know, completely just doing it, being all in on the case and doing it in some ways his way or the right way, I should say. Um, I thought thought he was the uh, and his leadership um, really from start to finish. He checks McNulty at the hospital, and then even uh, with the episode, with the uh, scene at the when they arrested Avon, tells McNulty like you know let's go like you know what 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 are you doing? Not to say McNulty was going to do anything, but just kind of booking that. I thought that. That was a good bookend with his interactions with uh, with McNulty. Um, best performance, you may have me change my mind. I had Bodie, but yeah, it was D'Angelo was the best performance, hardest performance acting. It's no like he was tremendous in this scene. Uh, Bodie was good though. Bodie was when my runner up. I thought Bodie's transformation as a boy a teenage boy into a full-out now gangster and even his human even his humane moments where didn't want to kill Wallace was reluctant it wasn't like he he showed dimensions that we had that he showed some humane dimensions that we hadn't seen uh this season we normally see Bodie hardcore you know just pure soldier this one he kind of showed you i want to say a soft side but a, a side that you have to, to remind us that he's only that he was only playing a 16 year old kid so i thought he was tremendous but but by but by the way but uh with to our question you know uh d'angelo's uh d'angelo's was the best actor in this uh in this episode our question um was the best had gave the best performance in this episode so i agree with you from that uh that standpoint, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see who's gonna be MVP of the season. I, I'm I, Daniel's made a strong push with this episode. It's gonna be interesting when we wrap up season uh, episode thirteen. Who's the MVP for the season? I haven't I probably have in mind who it is, but you know, yeah, I have no idea. Just, I gotta I'll I'll let it happen as I oh, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Any final thoughts on this episode? Great episode. No, it, it, without question, it, it was. It, you know, this episode, again, the payoffs and some of the breadcrumbs that they're going to leave, that they gave you with uh, the political stuff um, was was brilliant. But the payoff, but we, we saw a lot, again, we saw a lot of, of the payoffs of, of the of, of police, of great police work and also some mistakes in terms of what happened to Wallace. So they gave you a nice balance of that. And just how, again, I loved how they parallel those scenes with Wallace 
with Bodie Poop and then Avon and Daniel Stringer and you know, so I, I thought they did they did a tremendous job with with those scenes and and showing you that. Well, that's going wrap well, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the uh, Y Remix. As always, thanks to Robert Sapp for joining us for joining us. All right, appreciate you. Stay safe, stay healthy out there. Absolutely. You too, man. See you later. Later. Of course, thanks to Robert Staff for joining the episode. Um, want to say again, rest in peace to Sherard, Richard Brooks. Um, again, uh, just tragic, tragic situation to say the least. Um, definitely could have, without question, been avoided. Um, I will uh, have more on that in the uh, in the episode coming up. Uh, we're going to do some podcasts on what's going on in uh, around the country um, coming up this week. Also, going to talk talk some NBA as well. We've got a lot more, lot going on with that. Uh, I will see you next time on latest, on this latest edition of the Real Deal Podcast. I'm out.